Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Matt and I'm here with Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about the secret of the ooze as well as more foursomes in pop culture and which turtles they are. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces and let's break it down on the Post Credit Podcast. Machine gonna rock the town without being seen. Have you ever seen a turtle get down? Slamming and jamming to the new swing sound. Yeah, everybody must move. Vanilla is of Kino just for him to replace the ultra violent Casey Jones. Right, right. I'm like, you know, nothing against New Yorkers. This is actually somewhat of a compliment, but that's just like, he's not ultra violent. That's just how people talk and speak and. And kind of do their thing in New York, I thought. Well, well how at about least last this? time I was there. How about this? So instead of ultra violence, the turtles had things like swords, sayas, mm-hmm. a bow staff, and nunchucks. Right. How difficult are those to get a hold of in comparison to, say, a cricket bat or a regular bat or yeah. a hockey stick or something like I that. I don't even know where to go get a cricket bat from. Like, I don't know where who would actually sell that around where we live. Not only that, but what about sticks? What about, um, uh, you know, this movie, Secret of the Ooze, it opens up with the turtles using everything but their 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 uh, weapons. You know what I mean? Like, Leonardo pulls him out once to stab him into the ceiling so that and to hang swing. from him. Yeah, which would never really happen. I mean, No, they slide right back yeah, out. Yeah, it's gravity. That's how that so, um But I don't know. It was, it's, 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 so the backlash caused this to be a much more family-friendly movie. Correct. But instead of having them use weapons that kids would have a hard time getting their hands on anyways— mm-hmm. They used things that were easier for kids to get on their hands on and showed them how to be violent with those things. Correct. Like sausages on a string. Right. Or yeah. things like that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just blunt objects and sticks right. and everything. Basically, the turtles were grabbing whatever they could in the mall and using that to fight with, which teaches the kids to grab whatever you can and use that to fight yeah. with. What what danger were the kids more into? Showing them how to use household items to fight with or showing them how to use weapons that they'll never get their hands on anyways? Or how to be ninjas and, and go and rip people off and things like that. To VCRs and, and such. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Like still VCRs. I, I don't know which one's more dangerous. That's a secret ninja clan that was doing that now. Well, no, there were kids that were doing it, actually. Like, you know, remember? Because April's... Uh, producer's son was a kid that shoplifted or yeah robbing people yeah danny killer robbery danny they had a real good emotional you know we didn't talk about that on the last episode yeah. they had a real good emotional moment at the end it's like one of my favorite parts of the movie we never even talked about it is mm-hmm. when he's like danny 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 god where have you been i've had the whole city looking for you are, are you all right? Are you okay, Danny? It's okay, Dad. I'm okay. Really. I'm okay. Dad? It's just Dan now, okay? And it's like, Dad, I'm fine. And then they hug it out, you know? You always got to hug it out, yeah. bitch. Yeah. yeah. Who is that? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? You can get up. And you can hug it out, bitch. 
Hug it out, bitch. That is what men say to each other after a fight. They hug it out, and in doing so, they just let it go and walk away, and they're done. Isn't that uh, from Arnie or what's uh, No, that's, that's uh, Arya. No, that's Michael, Michael Scott. Oh, yeah. He tells right. Dwight to hug it out. Yeah. Not a good idea to say that to a woman, however, I have found. Doesn't translate. All right. Um, I'm blowing through it because it always takes us forever. Uh, today we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. This movie came out in 1991. It was directed by Michael Pressman. Uh, it was written by Todd W. Langan, or Langen, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, Lang- if it's a Langen. hard or a soft Langen. G. I don't know if it's a flaccid G it's or Langen. if it's a rigid G. Um, but uh, obviously based off characters Langen. created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Uh, this movie stars uh, replacing um, Judith Hogue this time is Paige Turco as April O'Neil. We also have David Warner as Baxter Stock, I mean as Professor Jordan Perry. Um, we have, again, playing Michelangelo as Michelin Sisti, again as Donatello Leaf Tilden, uh, new voice actor and um, body actor for Raphael as Ken Scott as the uh, body actor, and Mark Casso as Leonardo. Uh, Kevin, I like the original Raphael better. I, I do, think. too. I like Josh Pace as, as well. Um, Kevin Clash comes back to play Splinter. Uh, we got Ernie Reyes Jr. again, but this time he is not uh, the stunt actor for Donatello. He is a character all in himself named Kino, uh, basically to replace, as Drew just said, uh, Casey Jones, um, who was too violent. And also, uh, we we have a change in voice actor for Donatello as well. It's we not do. Corey Feldman anymore. We do. Um, it's going to get down to that, but uh, what was what was his name? Uh, the new voice actor. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. Um, Robbie Rist returns as Michelangelo. Right. Brian Tachi returns as Leonardo. Right. Two new roles we have for the voices here is uh, Lori Fazo as Raphael. He played Raphael. And uh, Adam Carl as Donatello. Um, I always liked this voice of Donatello. Not um, me. I, I like Corey Feldman's better. When when I when I because Corey Feldman is such a part of our childhood in roles roles in like the Goonies and the Friday the Thirteenth movies and mm-hmm. um, you know Lost Boys and all that. Um, whenever I hear him as Donatello in the movies, I hear Corey Feldman as Donatello. I don't hear Donatello, you know? When I hear Michelangelo, I don't hear Robbie Rist as Michelangelo. I hear Michelangelo. Like, Robbie Rist is Michelangelo. Yeah. When I hear Corey Feldman as Donatello, in my head, I'm thinking, that's Corey Feldman as Donatello. Yeah, I guess I I just don't have that issue then. Yeah, yeah, so that's probably part of my OCD-ness, like, just not being able to to cut that out or whatever, but um, also two characters, two new characters in this, uh, Bebop and Rockstar, I mean, Toka and Rezar, um... And, so uh, funny. I mean, yeah, we had so many different replacements in this. You know, Doctor Warner that was going to be a Baxter Stockman, and then even at the end, they were still going to have him be one of these little things that they made Krang off of one of those little aliens that called like Illums or something. Yeah. And in the original comics, they were like little little 
alien things that sat in the abdominal cavity of a body or whatever. Of a robot. And, uh, yeah, and then the cartoon kind of copied that, and that's how they made Krang and everything. But that's who this guy, they were going to have a post-credit scene where, or maybe like an end-of-the-movie scene where it lifts, that professor lifts it up, and you see like a Krang-type thing in his abdomen. Um, Based on where they went after this movie, I don't think it would have mattered either way. <laughs> they went back to Japan in the like yeah. what 1600s. Based on where and when they yeah, went in yeah, the next movie, correct. yeah. So, um, and then to round it out, I mean, we got Tatsu and Shredder and all that kind of stuff is back. But uh, to round it out, we have Super Shredder, played by Kevin Nash, also known as Diesel. Uh, and the WWF used to hang around with like uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon and you know Scott Hall. And WCWs, yeah. you know, used his name Scott Hall or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I remember Big Daddy. I remember Big Daddy Cool. Uh, get old Diesel, uh, Kevin Nash. He plays Super Shredder in this movie. Um, a version of the Shredder that is changed by the ooze, not only in his body but as his in his clothes too. Pretty quickly, I mean, yeah, his, his armor, his clothes, armor even got mutated, just got bigger somehow. <laughs> That's why Inanimate I think animate objects, I suppose, it should have been done before he even showed up there. Yeah, because then they could have kind of explained away the costume differences. Well, I don't know if he was intentionally planning on becoming a giant. You know. I just don't. Think, <laughs> I don't think he planned. I don't think anybody planned that. Like, he probably didn't plan to use that the ooze on himself. So like, they couldn't have planned ahead to like bring him his uniform. You know what I mean? Like a, a larger size costume. Yeah, so many shoulda, coulda, wouldas in this, right? Uh, coulda, woulda, shouldas. Um, with the with this mil- with I noticed you, you notice one thing with this film, right? That the turtles don't look. They look more cartoonish. I've noticed. I felt. I felt like, you know, it, it, they went more towards the cartoon feel of the Ninja Turtles. You know, as far as their look and everything, where the original one was a lot more darker and not as colorful, and they the turtles seemed a lot more bulkier and not able to move like they did with this one. And then you read about, you know, what why that is mainly is just because with the turtles you know they they had all the animatronics and and the movement stuff in the actual face mask rather than in the shell like in the original so the way jim henson set that up is that basically in the original um all their animatronics and everything was under the shell and the controls were under the shell the battery pack and and the battery pack and everything Mm -hmm. else where in the second film it's all in the mask you know because they upgraded you know in the way they had a lot more a a lot bigger budget for this film yeah, it's um, you know Adam Savage from MythBusters. Yeah. He's one of the best special effects guys in the industry of all time, and all that. Um, he said some of the best, if not the best, animatronics ever put in a movie was in Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, the, the, it was in this movie that we're mm-hmm. talking about today. Um, you know, it's uh, there's so many there's so many bad parts. Uh, bad things about this movie right mm-hmm. um the designs of the turtle suits were better in teenage mutant ninja turtles one the first one 1990 okay. the designs were better yeah. they looked more realistic yeah. but the animatronics yeah the movements of it and everything is better in this they looked better in the first movie but they moved better in this movie so if they could have just taken the um 
the animatronics they were able to do in this movie and put it to the look because the look just went downhill after this, right? Mm-hmm. After Jim Henson died. Yeah. After he after he died, they just went downhill. His son took over and he did a pretty good job on his in his own right. Uh, with the different things that he was doing, but I mean, it's not Jim Henson, you know. Jim Henson required perfection. He was a perfectionist. Yeah. Uh, perfectionist. He required absolute perfection. So if he didn't like something, even a slightly off, go start again. You make a new puppet, new puppet or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I saw it, is that the designs are better in the first movie. And man, we did not. I, I, I. I it's a shame we didn't talk more about how well done the first movie was in the first mm-hmm. movie yeah. in, in the first episode we did you know um teenage mutant ninja turtle wasn't just a good turtles movie it was yeah. a good movie yeah yeah you don't even need the turtle qualifier for the f- part one mm-hmm. it was a good movie secret of the ooze is a really good ninja turtle movie mm-hmm. but not quite a good movie movie correct yeah so i mean that's people like try to compare it. Oh, Secret of the Use. I mean, you had the obviously the first one is best, you mm-hmm. know. And, and and it's like you know, if it wasn't for the absurdity of turtles, this mm-hmm. would be like a gritter, gritty noir, you know, crime film mm-hmm. and everything. And if it had if it had something to do without the absurdity of mutant turtles and everything like that, um, I think it would have gone down as one of the best directed crime noir. Uh, you know, uh, crime and war stories of the 80s or 90s. Yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion yeah. that the first one did. Now, part two, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. They took a lot of stuff out for stupid reasons. There's plot holes and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a good Ninja Turtles movie. If you're l- talking about going from the comics to movies, you want part one. If you're talking about going from the cartoon to the movies, you want part two because you want to just have fun. Right, the cartoons were all about the kids, and that's what this was chasing. Yeah, that, that child audience. You know, one thing I think that kind of took me off because I I love martial arts. I love you know martial arts movies. I you know grew up loving those these kind of films. You know, and and you, the one thing that it kind of bothers me because I was watching like the opening scene, the trailer for the original cartoons today. I think Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, and, and it was like saying how they would mix up you know samurais and ninjas like this was obviously a samurai strike with a samurai sword and then the next scene was like and these ninjas were just everywhere they were so quiet and i'm like okay samurais and ninjas are two different things you know and ninja turtles tend to kind of mold them together in a way and you've always gotten into like eastern culture more than i have yeah i still do with my love of anime and whatnot right so you would know more about that that's kind of stuff doesn't bother me but they would bother you whereas the other thing probably bothers me yeah you know, like what we were just talking about well i just think i mean you look at the ninja turtles in the second film it's they're they're a lot skinnier and smaller stature you know what i mean like in the first one they were a lot bigger stature a lot more menacing i felt like you know in this one it was just it's like they toned down a lot you know probably living in in uh, April's loft for so long, you would think that maybe they just would get yeah. fatter, but well, let's, they got smaller somehow. What What is your opinion then? What? How long have they been in here? Because I say it could have been a week. It also could have been I know. five months. I know it's not too five because, six months. Because you know, it you, feels like it's been a, a bit. 
Yeah, they're in April's apartment. It looks like a new apartment because her apartment didn't look like that in the original. Well, first she of all, above she, the, she must the have, because uh, remember at the end, she got this corner office and everything. You can mm-hmm. tell she makes a lot more money because in the other one, she lived above uh, a secondhand shop that she owned. Yeah. And it was a real crappy apartment and everything. But this is but why it's so confusing, though. She like, was probably insured, though, so she probably made a lot of money off of that. Yeah, but, but then that would be like months, right? Where where then you see you cut they cut to a scene in this film where the the foot arrive at this junkyard and are like, oh is, where's everybody at? We just got ambushed. You know it's like yeah, but does that mean that they they've been around just got ambushed by it definitely cops wasn't or a few months because the shredder would have been buried by then yeah and wouldn't, so, he would have eventually you know, came like, back it literally showed him coming straight out of the trash instead of showing him. I don't know, recovering somewhere by himself or something like that. It literally showed him coming straight out of the trash. So it couldn't have been more than, you know, two or three days. And you maybe stretch it out to a week if you want to or whatever, because really the shredder can't be bio, you know buried under garbage for a week and no nothing to eat or drink. You can just die. But then how did April get into this apartment and they've been living with Rachel her moment. for a while? Rachel moment. The timing of this movie has to be a Rachel so moment. There's probably going to be a few of these, though. I mean, it's, it's kind of confusing. I mean, I guess it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, for it's the not, story. but it is. But the fact that they literally changed Baxter Stock, who had been around since the cartoon days, since the comics. He was in the days. comics, yeah. You know, um, I mean, he's been around since then. But change it to something else that's not Dr. Uh, Stockton. And then, you know, no more Bebop and Rocksteady. It's Tokar and Yeah, and, and Peter Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, they didn't want Bebop and Rocksteady in the movie <clears throat> because they didn't want it to be too childish and everything. But, I mean, they were gearing everything towards the, the cartoon crowd I mean, anyway. It was literally the same so, thing. And I don't think anybody should be mad about that. You know, people are like, man, we just need a good Ninja Turtles movie. We've had one. It's just that it was older, and nobody likes to look at that because it's like, well, it doesn't have special effects. No, it looks better because it doesn't have any special effects. So here's the thing. It's like if you want – we've had every Ninja Turtle you want. We've had animated. You got it. You know, if you want a real adult, gritty, you know, uh, Frank Miller version of Ninja Turtles, we already got it, 1990 version that we just did, you know, Mm -hmm. previous to this. Yeah. If you want, uh, you know, uh, the cartoons, you got the cartoons. If you want several a, different kinds of cartoons. Yeah. Us. If you want a movie version of the cartoon where it's live action, but it's still fun. It's not as gritty. It doesn't take itself seriously. We got that in Secret of the Use. <clears throat> All right. So before we get into this, I, I, uh, I, I got a sense that we needed to dive into the four humors thing that I talked about last week. Okay. Um, do you know what the four humors are? We kind of discussed it a little bit, but it's basically like different personality traits yeah. and what you are. So what we're looking at here is a circle. And uh, so try to imagine a circle and uh, it's split up into four sections. OK, um, so the bottom two sections um, are emotionally stable people and the top two sections are emotionally uh, unstable people. The two sections on the left are introverted the two sections on the right are extroverted. Pretty simple, right? So all you got to do is take your group of four, you know, <clears throat> find out who are the two extroverts, who are the two more introverts, and then inside of those categories, find out who's more emotionally unstable and who's more emotionally stable. So for our introverted, you know, our two introverts are obviously uh, Leonardo and Donatello. Yeah. Right? And our two extroverts are Raphael and Michelangelo. Right. So our introvert who is emotionally stable, that's obviously Donatello. Yeah. 
right? Passive, careful, thoughtful, peaceful, controlled, reliable, even tempered and calm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, emotionally unstable introvert. That would be a Leonardo because they're uh, moody, anxious, rigid, sober, pessimistic, reserved, unsociable, quiet, you know, always worrying about something yeah. and being serious and everything. That's Leonardo. On the other side, we got our extroverted. On the bottom, the emotional, emotionally stable person extroverted would be uh, Michelangelo. Uh, you know, sociable, outgoing, talkative, responsive, easygoing, lively, carefree. Uh, and then on the top, you have uh, the extroverted, uh, emotionally unstable, which would be Raphael, right? Touchy, restless, aggressive, excitable, changeable, impulsive, optimistic, active, all that. So... Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So based on those um, those qualifiers and those parameters, um, we uh, we asked on our social media if anybody had some examples of groups of four that could be placed in these categories, essentially assigning a turtle to each one, right? Okay. And we did get a couple responses, and then I uh, I grabbed a few too. Uh, so we're going to start with this. Let's see if you got the same turtles as I did. <laughs> I say turtles, and the first first name here we have is Turtle. Okay, you're a fan of Entourage, right? <laughs> Are you a fan enough to know like the personalities Not of really. the four guys? Oh, okay. Not really, sorry. All right, so in Entourage, the four main guys are Turtle, okay. Vinny, E, and Drama. Okay. okay. Vinny is the actor guy who, like, the entourage is, is part of. Vinny's yeah. the main actor. The other three guys are the entourage. Right. So Turtle, he's the funny guy. He's like Michelangelo. Vinny, I put as the Donatello because he's, uh, you know, he's very quiet. He's an introvert, but he's very calm. Uh, Leonardo is E. Uh, he's kind of the main character of the show, even though he's not the actor. He's, like, the manager, best friend. Mm-hmm. And then Drama, who is... Um, uh, oh gosh, who's the guy in There's Something About Mary? He has the big teeth. Oh, uh, Matt Dillon, or Matt? yeah, Matt Dillon. That's it. So, <clears throat> Matt Dillon, who played Dallas, uh, in The Outsiders, yeah. uh, his brother, who's his brother, Kevin Dillon. Kevin Dillon, anyways, his brother, Kevin Dillon, which Kev- if people for those Kevin that Dillon. don't know who Kevin Dillon is, he also played the guy who kind of kept uh, Kim Bauer hostage when she was trying to get away from the cougar in season two of 24 yeah. hilarious storyline because they did not know what to do with kim in 24 yeah um, but anyways so kevin Dillon he played drama and he was always you that that would be your favorite character because yeah. he's always pissed about something usually it's the other guys that are pissing him off but he's trying to be an actor too yeah and everything so anyways he's Raphael. um all right so we did mean girls yeah you know mean girls yeah all right so we got our uh remember we got our uh extroverts and our introverts, and we got our emotionally stable and emotionally unstable. Yeah. So, Caddy, uh, what would you what would you put her? Okay, so the four we got is Caddy, Katie, okay. Regina, Gretchen, and Karen. Okay. How would you How would you categorize those as Ninja Turtles? Um. Okay. Donatello would be. I had some problems with this. I had switched around a few times. Okay. Um, Regina would obviously be Raphael. Uh, And then uh, the other two would be Donatello. And um, the girl that measures the weather would be Michelangelo. So, okay. Interesting. 
the the way I had it was because I, I tried to look at my introverts and extroverts first. Okay, my introverts, the ones that don't talk very much, that's going to be Katie yeah. and Karen. Regina and Gretchen are the ones that are very open to talking and you know they'll they're very extroverted you know they're they're willing to talk with people whereas karen stays quiet pretty much most of the time and katie has a lot of inner monologues and stays quiet most of the time so i i put those aside as our leonardo and donatello karen's pretty peaceful about everything Mm -hmm. she's just like whatever so i made her as donatello katie more quiet but always worried about stuff and you know that's the same thing what katie was doing in the movie is that she's always worried about this or that and what's right and what's wrong um, Regina, I put as Michelangelo because she's an extrovert, but she seems to be emotionally stable. And, you know, and whereas Gretchen, I put as Raphael because she's an extrovert, but she's always like, she's always moody and, you know, she's always pissed off and she's always, uh, you know, uh, aggressive and, and, and excitable and impulsive and different mm-hmm. things like that. Like we were talking with, with her. So. Uh, this is from one of our, our listeners, uh, and it's probably because we talk about the OC so much, uh-huh. but Ryan, Marissa, Summer, and Seth. Yeah, I just have to think. I haven't seen that show in forever. So here's what I did. I put Ryan as Leonardo because uh, who's the two quiet people in that group? Ryan and Marissa. There you go. And the two extroverts. Seth, Seth and is Seth and Mar- Summer. and Summer. Um so Ryan Ryan is Leonardo. That's what I put because he is kind of a leader there. And he's also he's in he's he's an introvert, but he's always obsessing and worrying about stuff. Yeah. Whereas Marissa, she's probably more just kind of carefree and an introvert. Summer She's like Raphael because she's an extrovert. She's very explosive. She's very angry. Whereas uh, Seth is like Michelangelo. He's an extrovert, but he's just always kind of goofing and just carefree and whatever. Um, How about this one? Frodo, Sam, Mary, and Pippin. Frodo, obviously, is Leonardo. That's what I put. Uh, Sam's more... Sam's more... I would say Sam's more... Uh, Raphael. Really? Yeah. And then, even though he's he's very introverted mm-hmm. and doesn't. Okay. Yeah, but but in a way, like, because Raphael, like, he might not be the leader, but he is a close second in all reality. Like, basically, the second Leo goes down, you know, Raph could lead the team. Yeah, but that's to. not talking about what would happen here. I, I know but, Sam's like, but just in their personality, the okay. way I think, I think, I think Sam's more of a Raphael, and then uh, you know, Pippin and. The other one are Michelangelo and Donatello. Okay, so the way I got it is Fro- I'm with you in Frodo. He's Leonardo. He's quiet, but he's uh, he's always conflicted about something. I put Donatello as Samwise because he's also very quiet and introverted, um, but he's uh, he seems to be at peace most times. Like they were saying, he's like one of the only characters who could have ta- who took the ring and he did and was able to give it back. Was able to give it up. Yeah. You know, and so he just didn't have that many worries. So I, I put him as the Donatello. Um, Pippin, I put as the Michelangelo because he's an extrovert. You know, Mary and Pippin are the are extroverts, right? They're always, you know, going out and having fun and they can talk when, and, you know, they're very expressive and all that. So I put Mary as Raphael uh, and Pippin as Michelangelo because uh, Pippin seems to be pretty carefree and everything. Um, I have two more here. Do you want to go through them? 
Uh, which what are they? I have South Park and I have the Marauders from Harry Potter. Which one do you want to do? Uh, I want to do The Office. Oh, Jim, Pam, Michael, Dwight. Okay, let me let me do the Marauders okay. first. Okay. Let, let me think about uh, here. Who would you put as your your Marauders? <sighs> or do you want I, me to just say who I did? I, I would say what you did because that was that one kind of requires a little bit more thinking. Oh, and and yeah, and you probably need to know a lot more about the books as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've read them all, but so I put James as funny enough, Michelangelo. Okay. Uh, because he seemed to uh, the introverts in the Marauders were Lupin and Wormtail. Um, Lupin, you know, is very antisocial. Wormtail was very antisocial because he was, you know, kind of a loser, whatever. Whereas James and Sirius were the popular ones; they were outgoing, playful, and all that kind of stuff. And so I put James and Sirius as my Michelangelo and Raphael. Um, you know, Lupin is obviously Leonardo because he's quiet, but he's always concerned about something and he's, uh, you know, always worrying about whatever. Uh, Donatello, funny enough, is Wormtail, um, just because that was the only one left. I got Sirius as Raphael. He seemed to have a little bit of an anger issue and, uh, you know, said, issues going on in his head, whereas James is Michelangelo because he's always carefree and having I fun. said you got Wormtail and put Snape in there instead. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I, I just think that would work the, a little like bit better. The Marauders, because they were like all friends or whatever. Yeah, but. it's just a Wormtail. The ones is the one that puts it off a little bit. But I don't think Snape would be a Donatello either. I think Snape might be. He might. Uh, although Snape might be more of a Leonardo. I don't know. That'd be something you'd have to to look at. So, uh, The Office. Uh, who'd you say, Jim, Pam, Dwight, and and um, Michael? Dwight and Michael. Well, I'm going to say Jim and Pam are the introverts. And whereas Michael and um, and Dwight are the extroverts, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would put Michael as Michelangelo. Yep. I would put Dwight as Raphael. Yep. I would put uh, Pam as Leonardo, and I would put uh, Jim as Donatello because uh, Pam and Jim are both quiet, but Pam worries more. That's true. And is more reflective and tries true. to think about things. Whereas Jim's Jim's kind of carefree. Yeah. I mean, he's still. Originally, I had it. I had it switched with those two, but then yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, and you don't have to put Leonardo as whoever the leader is just yeah. for that or whatever. I just try to think it just based on the four humors little graph there and everything, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we took a while to do that, but I thought it was pretty interesting. And 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 seriously, when I was looking at some of these lists of four, I was like, yeah, it all looks at you. Just look at who are the two that are more introverted, who are the two mm-hmm. more extroverted, who's more emotionally stable, and who's more emotionally unstable. And it usually works, and it falls into that. And you know, Shakespeare used that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah. Anyways, thought that was interesting. Had a yeah. fun time doing that. Uh, let's get into the movie. All right. So, uh, did you? When you were younger, did you get a sense watching this that uh, people were eating so much pizza because of the turtles? Uh, say that one more time. Okay, so when I was growing up, whenever you see everybody, when the titles are going at the beginning of Secret of the Years, and everybody in New York's eating pizza, Yeah. right? I always thought when I was younger, it was New Yorkers who had got behind the turtles, and so now everybody likes pizza, which I guess makes no sense, but that's just how I always thought. It was, it was oh, every, it's showing everybody eating pizza. But, and then, of course, you know, when I'm older, I'm like, okay, well, New Yorkers eat pizza, right? Yeah. It's just showing that New Yorkers eat pizza and the turtles are New Yorkers. 
So they're going to eat pizza, and they love yeah, pizza. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to think that turtles would eat pizza. Right. But then I started doing research and come to find out that a lot of other people assume that, too. Like, I just thought they were eating pizza because of the first movie and everything. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was kind of interesting to me because I'd always just assume no, that's see, why people were eating pizza. I think what Ninja Turtles taught me when, you know, the original, when I was a kid, taught me that that's a representation that and ghostbusters showed me that you know the statue of liberty and pizza were a true representation of new york <laughs> yeah talk about how new york is represented to us in our childhood through three movies basically mm-hmm. ghostbusters uh, ninja turtles and home alone too yep <clears throat> yep i mean truth be told you know until we actually went to new york when we were kids and realized you know new york was all about and then we going there as adults it was even better yeah <laughs> um so kino what did you think about kino's character i liked it i, I kind of i liked it because it just it he brought more martial arts to the film i did than the original because the original if you actually look at it the original there wasn't a lot of fighting as brawling much, yeah, yeah brawling compared to the second one. Martial arts. Yeah, right. where the second one was a lot more martial arts, but it was a lot more fighting. You know, a lot yeah. more, you know, it's funny, they get rid of Casey because he's ultra-violent, but then they add more fighting, you know, with not weapons, but just fighting in general. Yeah, fighting, I guess, is better if you don't have weapons, which uh, I, I guess it makes sense. But, you know, it's, it's, it's cool because, yeah, people are like, well, I just miss Casey Jones. Okay, I get that. Casey Jones is a great character. This is showing the turtle's influence on somebody. You know, Kino is an is a trained martial artist, but yeah. he's he's undisciplined. Yeah. So he's trained but undisciplined. And that's what Splinter was trying to do with him at the end, was trying to teach him to meditate, trying to teach him not to run into a fight. He told Kino, he said, Look, you are young and I'm experienced, but only the ones that are fighting right now, meaning the turtles, yeah. have both. Yeah. Both experience and youth. He's like, you are not ready yet because you're not experienced. Yeah. And you need that. You need the discipline to 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 become experienced. I imagine because it looked like Raphael was or Splinter was teaching him how to meditate and everything. I imagine Splinter had agreed to start training him. Maybe maybe he was going to be trained alongside the turtles or, in, you know, aside from the turtles or whatever, but start becoming a member of the team or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what he was expecting to make a life choice out of that though i guess he just wanted to hang out with cool mutant turtles i mean who wouldn't i mean i i it think cool. i would i do like the relationship between kino and Raphael. yeah in this this movie and everything and how they well because again it's not just Raphael they, by himself no well see again you know that's the relationship in the books and everything else and in the cartoon and everything else that's the relationship that casey jones and Raphael had see i always had thought that it was Donatello and Casey Jones that were good friends and it showed that because, I mean, the, the, the scene with them fixing the truck, that's straight out of the comics. Yeah. And everything. But so I always thought it was those two. No, because it, Casey Jones and Raphael's personality are exactly like. I know that they did fight in the park like they did in the yeah. first movie. They did that in the comics too, so. But that's what I'm saying. It's it, That that relationship is, is, they had to reset that up. You did know? you like Casey Jones' belly shirt in the comics? Uh, Why does he have a belly shirt? <laughs> Every time he's like jumping up with a uh, hockey stick. Cartoons. It's weird. It's the 80s thing. <laughs> so Casey Jones was cut this uh, because of his violence with sporting equipment. This was the point I was making earlier. So they didn't want kids using sporting equipment as fighting tools. But then they take away the much less likely to be gotten a hold of weapons. Mm-hmm. 
Asaya, uh, uh, Katana, Nunchucks. Bow's pretty easy. You just take the stick off of a broom like we used to do or whatever. Um, but they take away all that stuff and have the turtles use things that are easy for kids to get their hands on and fight with, like household items and everything. So and Sausages on a string. And sausages on a string and little little uh what was he hitting that guy with a bowling pin or something yeah and they somehow knocking these people out with like stuff like sausages and bowling pins yeah you know it's like it's like they barely you know i can understand getting whipped with a sausage it, it probably hurts stings a little bit but oh, it wouldn't yeah. knock you out you no. know it probably would not knock you out do you think bruce will bruce willis bruce willis do you think bruce lee would be able to, to play ping pong no, with sausage bet, nunchucks i bet bruce willis could though is that video real, by the way? That video I've seen of Bruce Lee uh, playing ping pong with the nunchucks? Nope. I, I was going to say, I don't think it was for real. Uh, Bruce Lee never knew how to use nunchucks. <clears throat> yeah. He, he used them in Enter the Dragon, <clears throat> didn't he? Yeah, but do you see where he's holding them? At the very bottom of the nunchuck. You do not hold You hold it closer to the string when, you, when you're doing nunchucks. And again, because I, I love martial arts, right? But you hold... The nunchuck That's right, closer to the string. Flip if you it look around at, and grab it on the other one too. Or it, it's you know because originally it was a gardening tool. A nunchuck was to Just to like whip down wheat and spear. Well, it was basically to to knock down wheat. You know, with like a scythe. You I know, mean, most way? most of martial arts tools comes from like farming and stuff. Because anyways, they got right? banned from doing martial arts. So what That's did right. they do? They created like the si- weapons the out si- of tools. Wasn't the scythe like a shish kebab? <laughs> no, that was also for p- picking up wheat. And things like that. Oh, you know, okay. They're all gardening tools. That's the thing. That's how they had to get away with having you know these type of uh, ninja tools was yeah. uh, because they were banned. Martial so the only real legitimate weapon is a sword. <laughs> Absolutely. So and besides that, you're just getting a stick or a couple sticks mm-hmm. or some mm-hmm. some uh, some gardening tools. But I but you. but you know that's the thing. Bruce Lee never. You could tell just by the way he holds a nunchuck that he never really had any kind of formal training with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, delivery boy who's, uh, named Kino goes to deliver some pizzas to April's house, uh, across the street. Very obviously he sees people breaking into this store. And if you look at the, the scene of the front of her apartment building later on in the movie, it's a very busy street. Yes. It's not like some kind of neighborhood like she used to live in where people would just be stealing stuff out of the back. That's also a misconception when I was a kid that I thought that basically you just got robbed all the time in New York City. I get, like, yeah. It was I mean, just that's a what common it feels thing, like, right? But again, you know, it's just the false Anytime you're watching portrayals the York, they do of yeah, New York. It's and, usually a cop yeah. thing. And, yeah, and there's, you know, people just, all you got to do is look down at any alleyway and somebody is getting robbed, mugged, raped, whatever. I wonder if there's ever alleyway. a purely pure portrayal of New York. Not meaning real, because I'm sure it is very violent in, in places and times and everything. But. Just like it is downtown here, you know? So he sees people breaking in. Uh, he sees people obviously loading up their van. They had like 20 guys, right? And two vans. How does that work out? They're ninjas, so and, they, they just travel the city uh, not in, only that, but in the shadows. They had 20 guys. 20 guys worth of stuff means you're going to fill up those two little vans real yeah. quick. Yeah. Anyways, and, and why, no, did, just, why did Kino bring the pizza just, with him? Why did he bring it over to the store? Why didn't he put it back in the thing and just go over because there? Because somebody would take it out of his bike. <laughs> now, bringing the pizza with him, that's a little weird, I think. And as as awesome as he is, he can't get out of that trash can Raphael put him in. 
He's he's trained in martial arts, but he's struggling to get out of a sheet and out of a trash can. Have you can. ever tried to get he's out of stuck. a trash can covered in a sheet? The way he was sitting so there, you don't know. he had his arms out, he had his legs out, and he couldn't just toothpick his body, you know, make or, it straight and then just, just roll. tip over. I mean, tip over and just slide right <laughs> Toothpick out. and roll. Toothpick yeah. and roll. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, the Ninja Turtles pop up. Uh, they uh, tool up all the uh, the burglars, um, and they got um, the Kino obviously wrapped up. I don't know if Raphael was trying to just like make it to where he didn't see the turtles because he put the sheet over his head. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah. uh, okay, first of all, they saw you jump on the trampoline into mm-hmm. the mall, mm-hmm. where the title, and then you froze in midair. Mm-hmm. Title credits, whatever. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> anyways, we can get past that, but. One of the things that's most noticeable here is the change of Donatello's voice. I don't care what people say. I really like this Donatello. And it's a a change in his look, too. Mm -hmm. If you notice, a lot of the others, like Michelangelo is pretty close to the first. Uh, Leonardo is pretty close to the first. Raphael changed a bit. He got smaller. Donatello changed a bit. If you notice, their eyes are real wide and open during this movie, whereas in the first movie, they look more realistic because they were about halfway open. Yeah. But I think that they, the, somebody must have wanted to see the eyes or something. You know, the difference between the well, animatronics just the way, just between the one and filming two. alone, the way that the cameras were, that it was a lot darker in the first one. Where in this one, where there's a lot more, uh, a lot more things illuminated in this film. You know, I mean, it, every scene was a lot more brighter. You know, where in the first one, it was yeah, just their real bandanas dark. are way too colorful though. Yeah, like that's that's part of the good part. <clears throat> About part one is that they were all grungy and everything. Yeah. You know. It looks like they live on the alleyway, back alleyway of Sesame Street. That's where they're from. But not part two. Feels like they live in a train station abandoned. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, with the mask and everything. (laughs) So, uh, no, but in the comic books, again, and a lot of other movies now have copied their new... um, layer in this one you know because their past layer got destroyed and they weren't allowed to go back there because people knew where they were right so now we're and not that it would be entirely way too easy to find out where april o'neill lives and assuming that the turtles are with her but whatever i digress um so they they mess up the uh the guys they leave the money and take the pizza go back and chill at april's house um, and you find out that them and Splinter are living with April in her new apartment that it's fully furnished, great apartment, uh, all this kind of stuff within a week of their last battle, let's say. I guess we, we're going to leave that alone, though, because yeah. we said that's kind of a Rachel moment. So Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the, the turtles are ready to come out and show themselves because they did a good deed for the city and they protected it and everything. Splinter still thinks they need to remain in the shadows. Um, and you know, so they have their, their little arguments about that. Um, you got, uh, split or shredder who wakes up and they establish their little fallback spot as the junkyards, their new base. Uh, does nobody work there in that junkyard? No, but if, if because they have the entire real, run of the place, if that was real, I would want to work there. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> they had a lot of tires yeah, there. They did. But like, like how how does that work? Because obviously, somebody works there. I don't know. Who maybe knows? maybe whoever was works there is in control of it. Is part of the the, the foot or whatever. Uh, and then we're introduced to Jordan Perry, Professor Jordan Perry, and TGRI. <clears throat> Which this is, is the, actually TRCI. No, T TCRI. All right, yeah, yeah. Instead of TGRI, it's TCRI. Now I knew it was that 
in either the comics or the cartoon. You're it's saying the, it was in the, the comics? comics? Okay. It stands for Technocosmic Research Institute. That's right. And that's why they get to where the Technodrome is and where Splinter or yeah. Shredder eventually gets banished to that place. What is it called? The... Something like Planet Zero or yeah, something. Some, I don't know. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, the Ninja Turtles were actually created by aliens. That's what the Zeus is. It's alien nature in the comic books. In the comics. Yes, correct. Gotcha. Yeah. So this was just a toxic waste here. Uh, it makes things grow like dandelions and wolves and snapping turtles and chicken rats wings. and turtles and chicken stuff. wings. Can you imagine uh, having chicken? Kino should have taken some of that wing. stuff. He would have been so jacked and ready to go. Yeah, but then he'd probably like turn into an actual pizza, well, pizza just delivery. Guy. It just would have turned into what Shredder turned into, yeah. which yeah. would have been awesome. That would have been such a great contribution to the team. Why didn't they just let him be part of the team and give him yeah. some ooze? Like, you guys got some ooze. Give yeah. some ooze to Kino. Yeah. Pass that down. Puff, puff, pass. Yeah. I think, yeah, if he mixed in, like, pepperoni pizza. <laughs> I always thought that that was going to mess up. Man. It was going to mess up their little formula they were making yeah. when they put the pizza in there, and that maybe that's why it didn't work or whatever. It did work, but they needed to uh, suck down a fire hydrant. <laughs> so, in my opinion... Well, first of all, let me talk about April. Okay. So, obviously, Judith Hogue didn't come back for this one. She was too much of That's a weird. pain to the producers, apparently. And uh, she... I just think your whole career, you're going to go through your whole career and be older and just be like, I did not do part two of this movie that many people watched because I was being a Karen. Yeah, maybe it did anything here or there, but her being in it could have changed how well the movie was. Yeah. Maybe it would have made it better. Maybe it would have been made the next movie better. You could have gotten royalties or whatever. Either way, she was in the better movie, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, Paige Turco was a soap opera actress before she did this. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I stated in the last one that she's my favorite. I, th- I think I just had a crush on her. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I watched again the, both these movies again, and she's definitely not the best April. I'm, I'm, I think Judith Hogue is a very good April. Yeah. Uh, but Paige Turco did all right. She just wasn't. She didn't have that air of toughness about her yeah. that Judith Hogue did. Um, you know, she like when she was like pretending to do the chucking and everything. Yeah. It looked very it weird. Goofy. Um, <clears throat> so they kidnap. Uh, they kidnap Professor Perry. The bad guys do. Um, Shredder and his minions. Um, they want to uh, fight fire, fart far, fight fire with fire. Um, so they want to get their own mutated um, creatures, combatants, or creatures Correct. or whatever. So they kidnap uh, Doctor Perry or Professor Perry, and they have him help them turn two different creatures into a mutated, stronger creatures that can maybe take out the turtles. So instead of, I guess, I don't know, trying to overwhelm them with more martial arts. They're like, let's just create some monsters and have them go after the turtles. Yeah, and we'll name Bebop and Rocksteady. Oops. Or not. Yeah. So um, they uh, they got uh, they they turned them in or they turned Be- uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. They turned Toka and Razor into uh, the the wolf and the snapping turtle into these monsters called Toka and Razor. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the turtles are trying to find a new place, and Raphael gets pissed because yeah, Raphael always gets pissed. Takes off, hooks up with Kino, convinces Kino to insert himself into the foot so they can find out where the foot is and what they're up to. 
And in the process of doing that, Raphael gets caught. They found out the shredder is back, and Raphael sends Kino for help. So uh, turtles have to go get Raphael and get him out of trouble again because they seem to always be doing that. Yeah. And um, this time they take Sh- uh, Splinter with them. I guess that's the first time I remember him going on a mission with them. Yeah. But uh, he helps him out. They they rescue uh, Raphael and have their first fight against Toka and Rezar, which uh, puts them on their butts, and they have to kind of turn tail and run. They find a sewer and get out of there, and uh, and they, they take the professor with them, but they got to figure out what to do after this. Um, you know, in my mind, each Turtle movie is like somebody else's movies, right? Right. But it's always Raph's movie. It's kind of like the uh, Wolverine deal in x-men wolverine was not the main character not even close to the x-men but he was so popular he got his own comic and in the movies he became like the main character right mm-hmm. of the x-men yeah uh that's how this kind of is with Raphael, i believe so yeah. like whose movie is the first movie do you think the first one's Raphael's. yeah i would say it's Raphael's and and leonardo's um, a lot of it focuses on Leonardo, you know, meditating to find Splinter and to find his own thing. But I think it's both of theirs movies. Probably more Raphael's. Yeah. Um, I think this movie is Donatello's because it has a lot of introspection from Donatello. He gets a lot of solo deals that the other Turtles don't get. He gets the introspection of, you know, well, I, I can't believe that it's just an accident that we're, you remember, he's very upset that there's not more of a reason for them to exist yeah. than just being an accident. What troubles you, my son? Uh, I, I don't know. I just always thought there'd be more to it. To the ooze. To, you know, us. I know. I always thought there'd be something that... Uh, I thought we'd find out we were special. Do not confuse the specter of your origin with your present worth, my sons. I don't believe him. There's just got to be more to it. Perhaps the search for a beginning rarely has so easy an end. But our search will have to wait. But then there's also Raphael and Kino and what they're doing. So, And then in the third movie, which we don't have to talk about, but, yeah. you know, that was Michelangelo. Uh, he was, he was like, connecting with some of these people back in ancient Japan and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but it's also Raphael is part of that movie, too. So I feel like it's always part Raphael's movie, and then, mm-hmm. you know, Leonardo had the first one, Donatello had the second one, <coughs> Michelangelo has the third yeah. or whatever. But I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I I agree with you. I mean, pretty much for the most part. I mean, like Michelangelo's just kind of like the comic relief, really. You know. Yeah, I mean that like the third one was all yeah. just about comedy. Yeah. The second one, you know, it, it, well, the first one is about Leonardo because mm-hmm. it's more about their honor and the, the you know the martial artists and stuff like that. This is Donatello's movie because the heart of this movie is in the science. Yeah. Right. I mean, Doctor Perry is the the, mm-hmm. the main guy, right? So the movie. <clears throat> this movie is the science, whereas mm-hmm. part one is about legacy and responsibility. That's a Leonardo thing. You know, part three with time travel has science. You know, the, the heart of the story, though, is with Michelangelo. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think Donatello, he's burdened with knowledge, uh, he realizes more so than his brothers how pointless their creation seems. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, especially, you know, calculating the odds and, and, you know, alone in his capability to grasp that he's filled with so much fear that they shouldn't exist. So, I mean, he has that kind of existential crisis, which Mm kind of puts it on his shoulders or whatever. Um, You know, that opening scene we were talking about, I think that's kind of a middle finger to the parents that demanded that the weapons of violence Mm -hmm. be toned down. You know, so the first part of this movie, you know, shows kids how you can use household items as the weapons the Ninja Turtles actually use or whatever. But uh, anyways, anyways, anyways. So um, they uh, the the turtles work with uh, the professor to uh, make up uh, a antidote Mm -hmm. to take down Toka and Razor. They meet up with Shredder and uh, to have a battle because Shredder threatens and says, hey, I'm going to send Toka and Razor out into this uh, Central Park to hurt some people Mm -hmm. if you don't meet me at this place. So they fill up some donuts with some uh, some frozen ice cubed uh, antidotes and uh, feed those to Toka and Razor. Um, and uh, those effects start to work, but uh, they fight in the interim and uh, the fight spills over into a dance club with none other than Vanilla Ice himself. How important is Ninja Rap to you in your childhood? Well, it was around the time of... MC Hammer, and I thought he was a ninja rapper too, because um, the way he moved in the pants he wore. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I could see that. I think Vanilla Ice did it first. To be honest with you, what what song do you like best? Kung Fu Fighting. Oh. Do you like Kung Fu Fighting better, or do you like Ninja Rap better? I like Kung Fu Fighting better. Really? Yeah. I like Ninja Rap better. Ninja Rap's pretty funny, though. I'm not going to lie. But what they did with Shredder at the end was just like, I guess they were trying to throw They were, were doing a prequel for- It was Carl movie. Douglas who did uh, Kung Fu Fighting. Sorry. But what? Um, oh, yeah. I was saying with the, uh, <laughs> the end of it where he was like- Go Ninja, go Ninja, like Splinter was saying. Yeah, uh-huh. I was just like, I think I probably left that part out. <laughs> well, I mean, they had to give something, give him some kind of a punch in the original. He goes, "I made a funny. <laughs> I made another funny." I, I wonder yeah. after does the third after the third one, does he say I made another another funny? Something like that. Uh, yeah, I literally have. I, I think I've seen that movie one time and see, I refuse they all to got, watch it anymore. They all got back, and but the one who who switched places Michelangelo was stuck there so they thought they lost Michelangelo like he didn't make it and then remember he was up in the thing and they came back down and I think they might have oh they turned on music again and then they all started dancing I think it was Technotronic too you know how Technotronic was so part of the 80s yeah. and yeah. so part of the Ninja Turtles or whatever but uh, I don't know you know Eastman and Lair didn't think that uh, the Shredder should appear in the second movie um, they thought they thought it'd be cool to have a, a scene where a garbage man found Shredder's helmet crushed and twisted or whatever, um, but that his head wasn't in it. Well, they wanted so it would have been like to a, really a twist, like maybe he's coming back in the yeah. third movie or something. Well, they really wanted them to really go like the first one did, more so over the black and white comics rather than. Yeah, they wanted the, Baxter Stockman to. They be didn't want the, the cartoon. Yeah, they they said Baxter Stockman should have been the villain in the second yeah. one. I mean, the dude literally turns into a giant fly. 
Yeah, that's so cool, man. I wish they could have figured out some way to do that. that I think anyway, cool. it would have looked ridiculous. But I mean, you could yeah. have Hollywoodized it up to where it didn't look is so that a word? cartoonish. I don't know. Oh, man. We're gonna go with it, though, dude. I'm making up okay. anything Let's I can as go I go along. Um, so we go in and we see uh, Ninja Rap, which if you see the beat, if you see the beat, uh, it's playing when they first come in. And then it stops mm-hmm. when they're like, what the hell's going on here? And then it starts up again. And then Vanellis is like, like it's the so first what, time he's ever heard it before. And it's like, why would they be playing music that you've never heard before just for you to freestyle? Over? What would else go in replace Ninja? Like thinking of Vanilla Ice. Yo, it's the green machine going to rock the town without being seen. So let's see. Could be about a, a, a energy drink or like a health Park drink wall. or something. Oh. The green machine. Yeah, Fen- like Fenway it. Park wall in, in Fenway Park. It's called the green. Have you ever seen a something get down? Mm, they could say. I mean, because he was pretty PG-13 at this point. Yeah, there was no way to, to really make that. First no. of all, we know Vanilla Ice isn't that talented to come up with something on the spot like that. But Especially in hip-hop, mind you. Yeah. That well, I mean, just like uh, MGK, <laughs> like he couldn't do I rap. Like talk about it. it was so bad. Eminem did him so bad that he just knocked him out of the genre. <laughs> MGK's like doing and, pop and rock some, now, and a lot of pink. He yeah. knocked him out of the genre into a lot of pink. Seriously, it's like Eminem like hit him so hard that like he woke up and he's like wearing he pink and he's doing stupid out of him he's doing pot he looks like he's got like pearl ne- necklaces all over his face have you yeah, seen that yeah with the white stuff all mm-hmm. over him and everything i don't yeah. know what that is why does he wear pink everything i like? don't know man this this guy but so anyways uh we get to the climax they get token razor shrunk back down and um yeah, and just some some random wolf is just hanging and snapping turtle are just hanging out in the club. Nobody's freaking out right. about a They're just a, chilling. A pretty large wolf too. I'm not gonna lie, you know, but nobody's really freaking out like about that. I don't know, but yeah, that that snapping turtle was a lot bigger than than yeah. the regular turtles. Yeah, I've <clears> seen <throat> snap turtles down South Texas. They had them, and you'd see them in the ditches. We found one. and We put it in somebody's backyard at one point. That was fun. I always thought they were called snapping turtles because, like, the shells would snap if you, like, tried to pick them up no, they, and everything. Their jaws would snap. And, <clears throat> I know and they'll bite you hurts. and everything, but that's when I was, you know, I was younger or whatever. But um, <clears throat> so the whole buildup of adding a whole new character named Kino, and he's a martial arts master and wants to help out. And what's his contribution at the end? He kicks something out of Shredder's hand. That's all he does. Yeah, he kind of he, he runs all the up. he runs all the way. I I just picture him running out of there when Splinter's like, "Yeah, I can't keep you here," and he takes off. I imagine him not stopping once until he jumps up on that stage. Like he ran all the way into that night, and somehow he knew how to get into the nightclub. And then and then they sit him aside. Remember, our fight, not yours. You know, yeah, I, know, yeah, I, know, I know, I know, I know. Like he like, spent. No, you don't. <laughs> he spent the last. 15 minutes in a full sprint yes. from the lair no, to this nightclub. anything. Jumped up on stage, roundhouse kick, kicked the ooze out. And did you learn anything from Master Splinter just previously? Because obviously yeah. he taught you nothing and, then and you weren't listening. Immediately after that, Kino, I know, stay here. Why the hell did you just run in here yeah. and, like you're some kind of martial arts master? Do you know that Shredder literally did not touch the turtles one time in the entire movie besides throwing Leonardo at the turtles? Literally, oh, yeah, I forgot the that only like, point in the entire movie that he lays a hand on the turtles or they lay a hand on him. Yeah. Everything had to be nerfed. I mean, we knew that. 
Yeah, that I was mean, like over over nerfing, if that's even a thing. Well, I mean, look at it this way: even one of the tests to become one of the foot is taking bells off of somebody. I mean, straight yeah, up, not even fighting anymore. I, feel I like that was from the comic books. Like uh, maybe I, mean, I understand. I Daredevil had to go through that. Maybe I understand the 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 point behind it because you know you need to be stealthy. Yeah. Without making a noise, you know. Like, if, if I was that guy that was given the test, I would have looked at him like, "Okay, I guess you're my boss now." Because like, there's no way anybody here could do what you just I'd did. Be like, I don't think even Shredder can do that. So no, I'm pretty no. sure you're leading the foot yeah, right now. You're our new uh, commander. Yeah, not that grouchy guy that always just pops up and literally does nothing in any of the fights or any of the movies. What's his face? Uh, Shredder's second in command. Tatsu. He literally does nothing in any of the movies. Well, he stood for the first fight. You know, he stood and watched the turtles fight, right? Uh-huh. And then uh, when I finally got a chance, he beat up on a kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're talking like a, yeah, like a 14, 15 year old, probably a hundred pounds soaking wet uh, kid. He beat up on the kid, and then. Casey hit him with a golf club, and that was it. And, and then he was done. part two, literally just was they, like, "I'm the leader now." No, you're not. He, he's like, he's like, uh, I taught Sunali. Let anyone who challenged step forward. Yeah. And then Shredder's like, I challenge. But again, but. I go back to my point of, does but, that guy even know how to fight? I remember they like, came in the club, and he he comes out, and he walks up, and and then he just stands there, and the four just come in and hit him with their shells. Yeah, and he falls down. He didn't even fight him. No. And all he's like, he acts like this tough guy, but the only thing he's ever done is beat up on a little kid. And he fails like miserably all the time. And Shredder just like keeps giving him, you know what it is? Those I, foot I, Shredder is married to Mary, Shredder is married to his sister. Or maybe he's married to Tatsu himself. There we go. You never know. They, I mean, it just could be a, like, like, like this, you know, outside the home and then inside the home, they're just lovey dovey, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the foot in this, this movie sucked so bad. I don't know. Luke, dude, those those foot that beat the hell out of Raphael and that they were fighting in April's apartment and then eventually into the secondhand yeah. store, mm-hmm. those were some badass guys. Yeah. They were giving the turtles some problems. I mean, yeah. yeah, they were doing some funny stuff like spitting water at them and everything like that, but they were actually giving the turtles a hard time. Whereas in this movie, they they never had problems with any of them. Yeah. You know, now I know a lot of that was like numbers. They had the numbers and everything, but it just seemed like even the foot were nerfed with this because yeah. like the turtles just didn't have that much of a hard time fighting them well it's probably because you know a lot of people do love this movie and probably even better than the first one but you know in all reality it's just not the same kind of movie it yeah. really is i think the foot of the first one could definitely take out any one of those guys could definitely yeah. take out tatsu yeah because he didn't do anything um so they blow uh shredder out into the uh what the hell is that a pool outside of a nightclub and it's only like six foot by like eight foot or something like that. It's like on the shore, like it's, it's on, but at it's the docks. Is it it's, in the docks? Yeah, yeah, it's at the docks. It looked like it was a pool. No, it, it was like the docks of the river. It's probably the river in New York. It's probably oh yeah, because the club was yeah. called something that has to do with yeah where it was positioned, yeah. like something by a body of water. It's or in whatever. the docks, but it looked like a pool. I had always assumed it was some kind of like a pool or. Some kind of, I don't know, maybe a koi pond or yeah. something. It just gets ridiculous at that point. Yeah, so obviously. You know, as soon as they get into the club, that's when the movie gets real ridiculous, I think. You know, as soon as they Token step in the club. Rezar was pretty, pretty I mean, ridiculous. you see what I'm saying? Like, even the doctors, like, fist bumping, you know, yeah, fist pumping yeah. in the Like, air. there was a lot of ridiculous things, but, I mean, it was all kind of along the same tone. But as soon as Leonardo got thrown into the club, I think it was Leonardo that got thrown into the club. As soon as they broke into it, then it's like, Durn. Yeah, it just gets ridiculous Durn. at that point. 
Yo, yeah. Um, so then they meet uh, Diesel, uh, Kevin Nash, Super Shredder, who's had his clothes changed, has his armors changed. Hell, even had his helmet changed. It grew like 18 different more blades on it. And he had his brain changed, you know, because obviously, like, what he was doing was just stupid. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like... He's just tearing stuff turtles. down. They even make it. They even make an exaggerative, uh, like, ridiculous... We love being a turtle kind of thing. You know, I mean, even in that wasn't like, you know, they weren't, like, into it. They're like, yeah, we love being a turtle because they're like... Okay, we're, we're going to be knocked into this water. We're going to be pretty fine after this. You know, you're going to be basically killing yourself. Well, they tried They did him. not defeat Shredder. They're like, you're going to kill all of us. And he's like, well, so be it then. And it's like, well, no, because you know there's water under here, right? Yes. And you know that we're turtles and that if we fall in the yeah. water, we're just going to fall in I the mean, water. I mean, that's the kind of attitude. The way you just said that was the kind of attitude they were thinking. They were like, okay, if and you want to kill big... yourself, we don't literally have to fight you at all. Because, I mean, again, the Ninja Turtles, yeah, they... It was more of like a going to a circus. You see all the clown. This is this is my comparison to this movie. Not saying it's a bad. I love this movie. I mean, I grew up with this movie. It's a fun movie. But it's like going to a circus and seeing all the different clowns run around doing stupid crap all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? That's that's what this movie was. It was just the Ninja Turtles or you know people. Well, it was, up the, as, but it was still them being them. You know, it, it was probably more cartoon versions of them, whereas the first movie was like the comic versions of them. Yeah. And then the third movie, it just it wasn't a Ninja Turtles movie. Mm-hmm. It was a time travel movie uh, about you know f- feudal Japan. I mean, it does kind of explain those masks that the samurais had, you know, that look like turtle faces. I mean, it, that that kind of part was kind of cool because I mean, literally, like you see those old, old, old uh, Asian masks, masks, you know, though, stuff like they, that. I know, but they they're all real but, exaggerative but they, and almost look like turtles. Yeah, they purposely made these masks look more like turtles and try to instead make of like dragons or, or whatever. Yeah, but um, anyway, so Shredder, like an idiot, collapses the entire dock on himself. The turtles just jump into the water and they're saved. They pop up shell by shell. You know, a cool thing I liked about this, and I can't remember if it was in the first one, but Raphael's shell is all cut up and stuff in the back. Remember. I assume that was from getting his butt kicked in the first one and being thrown through that skylight and everything. I thought that's what cut off. Yeah. But I, I can't remember if it was. It might have been in the first movie, just something that he's always had because he's a brawler. Yeah. Right? Because remember in the newer movies, they had him like have a crack shell and mm-hmm. he has like something yeah. holding his shell together. Or well, Shredder like cracked it. That's why. Yeah. It, but it, that's the thing, right? Is that, you know, he's always the brawler. And he's got, like, the most scars and injuries because he's, like, the fighter or whatever. Yeah. But I couldn't remember. Do you remember if the – you know the, the scars and scratches on the shell that I'm talking about, yeah. right, Raphael? Yeah. Did he have that in the first movie? Uh, I believe so because you can you, – well, you can't really see because he hides it a lot. You know, like, he's usually wearing a trench coat or, you know, when he's out and about, you know, you, you're not really seeing him from behind a lot. You yeah, know? It's I guess It's so. usually right in his face, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but they're in the uh, – they're on the papers – and uh, Shredder's not. I love er, being a turtle. Go ninja, go ninja. Yeah, Splinter's Splinter's not too happy about it. You know, Ninja Rap is born. And didn't they have like some kind of like a an actual publicity shot of the turtles? Yes. In that newspaper. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's bad enough. If it was one thing, it would be one thing if they got somebody in the crowd took a picture of them on stage dancing or something or on the dance floor dancing. But they got like an actual publicity shot where they sat there and like posed together in the paper. Obviously, that was just, you know, to have that in the paper for the sake of the movie or whatever. But, man, 
That's terrible. And just fooling everybody. Hey, you know, it's not like the, and nobody would want to know who's behind the mask. Yeah. No, no, nobody would want to know that. No. Okay. Everybody would want to know that. Yeah. Try to find it out. It's like, what is that band? Um, Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Like, you don't know what they got to look like, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of pictures out there. Yeah. Of what they actually but you, look you know like, what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of like the same situation. Yeah. Well, well like, I mean, it was Slipknot. He Slip, looks Slipknot, just like Donatello. Why is that? <clears throat> Man, when when Kino fights it, he fights a lot like Donatello did yeah, in the first movie. Weird. <laughs> it's like they trained each other. Uh, did you like the look of the turtles in this one? No, not as much as I liked it yeah. in the first one. I this, mean, it was okay, but it's it's still it just got too cartoonish. Yeah, this is when Brian Henson was running it. Obviously, Jim Henson. The last two things he did was the the first Turtles movie and Witches. Yeah, and passed away in 1990. And then this one came out in 1991. Now, there's pretty much an immediate turnaround for this part too. Uh, and it was released basically like a year later, but I liked it because I, I felt like Michelangelo had a lot more speaking roles. And he is my favorite turtle, and then plus, you know, Kino I thought brought a lot, a lot of life to this to the movie too. Yeah, I liked the. I think the animatronics were great with the mouth movements and the yeah. eyes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I mean, they had sensors where it would like monitor the mouth movement of the puppeteer, and the puppeteer could just make mouth movements, and that's what the mouth would do. Yeah, and then do other things with their hand for eyes and different like curling of the lips. I heard whatever. they're doing that with the new metaverse as well. That's stupid. But uh, this one, it's um, I was watching. Uh, you know, <clears throat> before they did this, uh, they did Little Shop of Horrors. And with Little Shop of Horrors, that thing talks very well. It's very well animated. I mean, obviously, it's puppeteering and everything. But what they did was they slowed the frame rate down. And then they just had Rick Moranis kind of make his movements in slow motion as he walked around the room. That way that they they could articulate in the little movements um, and the big movements that they had to do in that slowed down frame rate. And then when they sped it back up to the normal uh, frame rate... It looked like he was normally talking, but like like the the lips were able to curl and make the movements that it needed to. So it looked a lot more realistic going along with the voice actors, and they kind of you know, used the same thing in this movie. Also, like all the um, oh, what is it called the uh, uh, motors and servos and stuff were in the shell yeah. with the battery. Yeah. Whereas in this one, those motors and servos are all actually in the Mm -hmm. face, which made them to be able to articulate better and everything. So, um, obviously, part one is... Superior. Vastly superior. It's not just a... It goes beyond being a good Ninja Turtles movie. It's a good movie, period. If you can get over, you know, puppets and turtles and everything. But it's it's an actually well-shot, well-written, and um, non-silly... Uh, one of the best, for the most part, right? One of the best, you know, uh, what do you call it? Graphic novel. I, I know Turtles was an actual comic book, but I mean, one of the best adaptations from a, you know, a non-Marvel DC property. You know what I mean? If not the best, you know, there's The Crow, and you know, a few other ones out there that were really good. But I mean, that first one was really good. This second one. It's not as good. It not 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 even in the same ballpark. But I still have fun with it. That's why I said it was my favorite. I definitely think part one is the much more superior movie, and I could probably yeah. probably has a lot more rewatchability. Yeah. Oh, I agree. But part two, I just have fun watching because it was yeah. fun to watch him do different things and to be silly every once in a while, yeah. especially from somebody that grew up with the the cartoons. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, no, I agree. 
wholeheartedly. I mean, the, I, I love I love both these films. I'm not a big fan of the third one, but yeah, I, I love both these films. In fact, I probably like the newer ones better than I like the third one. Um, the newer ones, I actually am a fan of. You know, I mean, I, it just kind of makes a lot more sense with them. I mean, they're they're actually not the newer movies are not from the comic books. It's totally different ball game there. Right. You know what I mean? But it makes more sense, like the way they dress, the way they talk, the way they act. You know, they they're more the ninja. They are a little bit of goofiness, but a lot more seriousness to it. And and I really kind of like that a lot more. But again, you know this first one's first movie i remember ever seeing in the theater so i mean that's got a lot lot of uh a lot of uh sentimentality to it you know yeah and then but this one this one was just a fun fun movie to watch you know i mean with again kino's character was just i I liked it because you know you got to see a lot more martial arts in this you know and and that's what the first one was really really lacking but but again then you get two sides of it you know you get the brawler turtle or you get the martial artist turtle and you know having a mix of those two which i think the newer movies do a fantastic job of mixing that too i disagree i don't think that there's really any martial arts in the new movies i know that there's a lot of fancy kicks and punches but I don't think it has anything to do with martial arts. Well, watch the Shredder fight at the very end of the first one. I did see that, and he does a pretty good job. But even that, you got a CGI giant metal suit. And it's just like, why? That's not what these comics were about. It's not even no. what the cartoon of the old movies were about. It's about martial arts not just being strong monsters. You know, we got so many, so many things with strong monsters or whatever, and that's just like the generic thing that everybody goes to. I like the Turtles. For what they are, because, you know, there's there's actual, you know, uh, an art form to it, mm-hmm. gracefulness to it, because they're ridiculous. Yeah. Grown grown turtles that are that are humanoid turtles. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a ridiculous premise. So maybe it feels safer for Nickelodeon, who owns the property now, to go that direction, to go with, well, it's silly, so let's just make it silly big monsters. Because you have to walk a fine line with these, which is what these first two, and especially part one does, is walk in a fine line from the absurdity of having humanoid mutant turtles that are teenagers with an attitude that eat pizza, and having the seriousness of realistic martial arts. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a very tight. If you if if you are not going to treat it as gritty, let it be gritty and let it be violent, like it should be. Then yeah, you might as well go the way that that Nickelodeon's gone in these newer live mm-hmm. action movies, um, because you know we saw the first part. It was great. It that that you know part one is Ninja Turtles for adults. Mm-hmm. You know, everything after that and everything since then has been Ninja Turtles for kids. Yeah. So it just depends on who you want. And that's not bad. You know, people rap, you know, rip on the newer movies. They rip on part two. They rip on part three. It's all kids movies anyways. And when we were kids, we didn't care. We loved yeah. it all. Like, we probably liked one and two better than three. Mm-hmm. And we probably liked, I don't know, sometimes we like part one better. Sometimes we like part two better or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, they're for kids. So any, any adult who grew up on it who's getting pissy now like i don't like the new ones either but i'm not going to sit there and complain and tell other people they're stupid for liking them because i like them because i love ninja turtles like i always have since i was a kid you know it's the one thing that i the dynamic of the four different personalities with splinter and shredder and april and that whole thing 
Not that it's necessarily like the older movies, but you just like the yeah, whole mythos. But it's one, one, the one of the few things that mixes, you know, a lot of my interests and hobbies, you know, with, with a lot of martial arts and, and Asian culture and then also, you know, comic books. And then also, you know, like science fiction. You know, th- those are like some of my three favorite categories for entertainment. And being badass you know, and kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. And so it's one of the only things that I, you know, one of the few things I carried from my childhood into my adulthood that I still love. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's, that's that I think that's a truth teller statement if I ever heard one. You know, in a way, like, you know, it's something that you could carry from your childhood into your adulthood and you still be a functioning adult, you know, mind you, not living in my parents' basement for till I'm 60 or whatever. Yikes. Um, but, you know, uh, being like that, I think that's a true test of something that that will go the extra mile and that will go you know far and continue to grow in one way or another you know is it's it's a true test you know something that you can take from childhood to adulthood and it's still relatable yeah uh i do want to take a second to point out that this film film was dedicated to jim henson yes and those of you who are our age or older um you know who jim henson is uh, people younger than us, some may know. Um, people much younger than us probably don't know at all. I mean, anything that had a puppet or a Muppet. You know, basically, modern puppetry is all from Jim Henson. Yeah. I mean, he he kept that art form alive. He kept it. He, he uh, just everything that they did was amazing. You know, go watch any of the Muppets. Go watch Sesame Street. Go watch anything... Uh, the Ninja Turtles, um, the witches, uh, you know, Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Just see these amazing people who work hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks just to get a 10 second scene done. Mm-hmm. You know, different things like that. You know, these actors that that will memorize a script or whatever and maybe spend two months on a film. Maybe some prep work. And I'm not saying actors are lazy or whatever, or any less. But, I mean, you have these people, they'll spend a little bit of time. This will spend a little bit of time. These people usually have to have, like, a year's worth of prep and yeah. practice and then actually recording and all that kind of stuff. I just think it's amazing. And I want to give all props to Jim Henson, uh, you know, the Jim Henson Creature Shop and uh, the legacy that Brian Henson carried on and everything. Um you know, our childhood would look a lot different if it wasn't for Jim Henson. A whole lot different. So, uh, anyways, I had fun doing the Ninja Turtles. Um, I want to redo part one sometime. Yeah. In the next couple of years, because there's a lot of stuff there that I wanted to talk about that we never got a chance we'll to talk about. call it the season of redos. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll read, because there's actually a few other episodes of ours that I want to redo. Yeah. You know, um, like, like there, uh, there's a couple episodes I don't want to redo. I want to undo. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? No, yeah, like kidding. that one. Yeah. And you also didn't like uh, Shutter Island. Nope. 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 And I undo that one. I didn't you. like King of Staten Island. Yeah. yeah we, we can undo that one for you. Well, I think that one's already down. I I think I took out the first eleven episodes of season one, so oh, okay. they're not available anymore. But. Um, <clears throat> Anyways, I had fun doing this. I'm glad we got to do it. I know you've been wanting to do yeah. it for a while. Um, I think that what the plan is, is we have some guests coming up. Uh, we got the Horn Heels ladies. They're going to come and talk with us about a movie. That's awesome. 
uh, from Correct. the 80s and 90s, and I can't wait to share that with you guys. It's a semi-comedy horror, basically kind of like a comedy sci-fi. I guess you could call it horror. We're going to call it horror because we're going to have Jen and Alicia on. So. It's a classic. Um, so stay tuned for that. That'll probably be in the first couple weeks of February that that's released. I think the only thing we're doing the rest of this month is we're going to try to do a Cobra Kai season three and four review. Yep. Because we've already done season one and two, and that was in our season one. We reviewed the first two seasons of Cobra Kai. Now that part four is out, uh, we'll have to go back. That means you're going to have to watch Cobra Kai this week. Already watched it. <clears throat> Cool. I'm gonna have to. I, I I watched it too, but I'm gonna rewatch it again. I'm gonna rewatch three and four. Uh, I like three because I like when he goes to uh, when he goes to Okinawa. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're gonna try to do that this week, uh, this month. Uh, we got the Horn Hills ladies next month, and a few other things. Uh, we got some more stuff planning. We're talking about uh, trilogies and stuff. You know, we got Indiana Jones on the brain. We got um, Back to the Future on the brain. We got Harry Potter on the brain. So we got a lot of franchise stuff coming up that we're going to do this season. Uh, so stick uh, stick with us for that. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we're on all social media at The Post Credit Podcast, except for Twitter. We're at The Post Credit. Our email address is thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website. It's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com, and we're on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time. And cowabunga! Cowabunga!